Hello! Happy New 2022! And welcome to this latest episode of the Eating with Clarity podcast. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope you know how much I appreciate it. Since this is the first episode of the new year, I've not very originally made it about New Year's. New Year readings, and also just the whole idea of a new year, which, if you pause to think about it, is actually quite odd. I mean, time just unfolds, just keeps flowing. But a lot of us humans seem to find it important to draw a line across it once a year, and say that side of the line was the old year and this side is the new one. It's a strange custom, and I thought ye might cast more light on it for us. Many Yijing people mark their personal New Year, their birthday, with a reading for the year. I do. My birthday's in early December, so it's a good time of year for reflection. I imagine a birthday reading might feel quite different if you have a summer birthday. Anyway, this year's reading for me was a bit of a classic, so I wanted to share it with you. In November, we learned that we're going to have to move house by the spring, And house prices in the UK being what they are, we're going to have to move a long way. I'm going to be uprooted and leaving all my friends and everything I know here behind. Obviously, that's not the end of the world, but in my small corner of it, I'm feeling the impact. So, what does ye give me as guidance for the year ahead? Hexagram 32. Lasting with no changing lines. I find this a truly lovely reading. It's drawing my attention to everything that continues through change. Marriage. Music. Inner nature. The ye itself and the remarkable people I get to meet through it, like you. Trees. The ocean. So, I thought that one was worth sharing. Not all my annual readings have been so clear or so kind, but that's one I'll gladly carry with me through the year. Anyway, back to the question of this strange habit we have of dividing the cycle of time and celebrating a new year. It's easy to comment on how meaningless that is. You know, the resolutions that evaporate like the dew in the morn by February, that kind of thing. But I persist in feeling there's something to it. So I came up with this question for ye. What's a creative way to imagine New Year? What's its deeper significance? And ye answers with hexagram 57, subtly penetrating, changing at lines 2 and 5 to 52, stilling. Putting those two together, subtly penetrating and stilling, maybe penetrating into the stillness or... In the midst of it? Hexagram 52, stilling, feels to me as if it's talking about the time of year when everything stops. That's all that Sangwa says about 52. Shock begins, stilling stops. The oracle says, Stilling your back, not grasping yourself. Moving in your rooms, not seeing your people. Not a mistake. This really resonates for me personally, as in the days when I had more people to look after at Christmas, they would have gone by New Year, and I'd have a quiet day of not seeing my people, no responsibilities, not having to chase my tail anymore, and maybe catching up on the festive Doctor Who episode or something. 
Of course, I know New Year is a lot more peoply than that for many people, but Hexagram 52, stilling, reflects the time of year all the same. I mean it reflects winter solstice, December round here, June in the southern hemisphere. Deep winter, when the ground goes to sleep and all the gardeners come indoors to dream over our seed catalogues. We all recognise this as a great pause, a spilling. Nothing to do. Time for reflection. As the image says, joined mountains, stilling. A noble one reflects and does not come forth from his situation. Joined mountains, that's an inner mountain, inner stillness, joined with outer stillness, reflecting inside and not running about outside. Oh, and the commentary on the Oracle for 52 is a bit of a gem. A time for stopping, so stop. A time for moving, so move. Beginning things or resting, not letting go of the time. Your path shines out. Stillness, stopping. You stop where you belong. There's this huge sense of timeliness. Stilling isn't an interruption. You weren't carrying on as usual until you ran into a brick wall. It's more like you gently apply the brakes and bring things to a halt, so you'll be able to choose the direction when you set off. That's the path shining out. We make our course conscious and intentional again. I think that's what the New Year stilling is for. I suppose it's where New Year resolutions come from, too, though that doesn't altogether tell us where they go by February. So that's the background, the underlying theme. Stillness and reflection coming to a stop, a path that becomes bright and clear. I seem to have started by diving headlong into the relating hexagram. Sometimes I do that when I find it's the easiest part of the reading to connect with. Now let's paint in the foreground. Subtly penetrating. Another double trigram hexagram. This one with the action of wind and roots. About getting inside things. Getting to know them from the inside. 57 and 52 together sound like deep thinking in a time of stillness. It seems like it might be very introspective, doesn't it? 57 follows from 56. Subtly penetrating follows from the traveller. The sequence says, The traveller has no place where he's accepted, and so subtly penetrating follows. Subtly penetrating means entering in. And it's paired with hexagram 58, opening, and stands in contrast to that. The Zagua says, Opening, seeing. Subtly penetrating, hidden away. So, from those two wings, I get the feeling that the year's end is like the end of the journey. Time to come home and come inside, all the way to the secret inner places. The oracle has a rather different feel to it, though. Subtly penetrating, creating small success. Fruitful to have a direction to go, fruitful to see the great person. That's not just about disappearing inward, is it? There's the direction to go, which means going further afield and exploring. And seeing the great person, who's often a visionary, a guide, or some part of yourself, who can see more and further than you normally would. So both of these, having a direction to go, seeing the great person, 
suggests that this going inside means going beyond our usual ideas or usual limits, finding a bigger vision and deeper sense of purpose. The trigram that's doubled to make this hexagram is shun, wind and wood. Its shape really expresses how it acts. There are two solid, continuous lines above, and one broken line below as you get down to ground level. The wind high in the sky is uninterrupted. Down here, it moves the trees and they break and shape its flow. So that broken lowest line is where the interaction happens. And in hexagrams, it seems to me to be listening. In the inner trigram, where it's line one, it's listening all the way down to the roots, starting to grow an inner nature. Then in the outer trigram, at line four, it's listening to the inner trigram, responding to it. With inner and outer wind, the image says, Wind follows wind, subtly penetrating. A noble one conveys mandates and carries out the work. That's a story of inner shun, your mandate, being conveyed onward and outward as outer shun, where the work gets done. That sounds almost like those famous New Year's resolutions. Except it's not, because a mandate isn't so much something you choose, it's more like being called. It's interesting to compare this with 52, where inner stillness joins with outer stillness, and you sit still and reflect. This has wind following wind, outer action following inner calling. What happens when that's contained within the stillness of hexagram 52? That's in the moving lines. Line 2 says, Subtly penetrating under the bed, using historians and diviners of many kinds, good fortune, no mistake. Burrow in deep, right under the bed, into our support, into the safest resting places. Using historians and diviners of many kinds, read journals, read books, consult the stalks, and maybe the cards and runes and star charts for good measure, dig in and study the deep roots of things. This line often catches me at moments when I feel faintly ridiculous, as if I'm overanalyzing, googling too much and not doing enough. But it does say clearly, good fortune, no mistake. Maybe this idea of seeing historians and diviners links back to the oracle, where it says it's fruitful to see great people. This line points you to hexagram 53, gradual development. That's the one it moves to when it changes. So it's about subtly penetrating into the evolutionary growth of things. You're just trying to get a picture of how things unfold. And there's nothing wrong with that. Then line five. Constancy, good fortune, regrets vanish, nothing that does not bear fruit. With no beginning, there's completion. Before threshing, three days. After threshing, three days. Good fortune. This line points to hexagram 18, corruption, so it has a much more intense feeling of digging right in. There are patterns that keep on creating the same results I've always got, and hexagram 18 is the time to break them. And so's this line, constancy, good fortune, regrets vanish. That means overcoming inertia. 
Whatever went wrong, whatever opportunities were missed, all that disappears. So it's introspective, but it doesn't stop there. This line expects tangible results. The experiences I've had with this one are of good fortune that emerges from a long period of unrewarded hard work. You know, like the overnight success that only took 20 years. Nothing that does not bear fruit, even all that labour. Then it says, with no beginning, there is completion, which strikes me as a very sympathetic take on a New Year retrospective. That, hang on, how did I get here? moment. Or actually, with hexagram 18 in the background, it's probably, hang on, how did I get here again? And our last couple of years certainly haven't lessened that effect, have they? However, and whenever the hard times started, they have an end. The line anchors you down to three days before and three days after threshing day. Threshing day is gung day, the seventh day of the Chinese ten-day week. The Chinese character gung shows a threshing tool, one that separates the grain from the chaff. That's very, very fitting for the culminating line of a hexagram about getting inside things, and one that's paired with 58, about bringing things out. Okay, I think I'm going to quote my own book from the commentary on this line. I was obviously thinking about hexagram 18 in the background when I wrote this, and the opportunity that represents to get free of old patterns. You need to allow time to consider what led up to this moment and what's taking shape now, and also, after the kernel is uncovered, to consider how it changes things and how you will respond to it. There is a real opportunity here to change everything for the better. Well, there's a new year moment for you. And it's not just reset to zero, the calendar starts over again. It's because we get this time to dig in, subtly penetrate, go inward. So, what's a new year, really? A time for subtly penetrating deep into the stillness, the stopping point between years? Exploring with all our resources to find a new vision of growth and freeing its seed from the chaff? Happy New Year to you. That's all for now. I'll be back next month with a new episode and a new reading. If you'd like my help with the reading of your own and you're happy to share it on the podcast, please book yourself a reading via onlineclarity.co.uk forward slash share. That's O-N-L-I-N-E-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y dot C-O dot U-K forward slash S-H-A-R-E. Thank you.